When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? All right, so this happened over the weekend, but with all the football going on, figured I'd just mention it for anyone who missed it. The Dodgers placed starting pitcher Dustin May on the 15-day injured list with low back tightness on Saturday, meaning he's not going to be eligible to pitch again in the regular season. The team said that they think they caught the ailment early enough for him to be able to be available in the postseason and that resting him now will allow him back in time for the start of the NLDS. So May was 2-3 and with a 4.5 ERA in his six starts after coming back from Tommy John surgery. So that's what you need to know. Uh, Not good, Linz, but we do need to know. Um, Man. Yeah, it didn't exactly work out. Like everybody was waiting. Like, wait till Dustin May comes back and what he's going to add to this pitching staff. Did not exactly work out the way we all thought. He was great. Like the first two starts back, he was excellent. Yeah, but sometimes but, you know. that actually, you know, that that happens when guys come off a long stretch of injuries and they're working their way back. And I know he pitched in, pitched in the minors a little bit, and he pitched in the big leagues. And it just you have setbacks, you know, because maybe you're trying to go a little too hard when you come back. Well, either way, uh, Dustin May, for all of the, of the expectations that we had, like wait till he comes back and what he's going to add to this pitching staff. Not only was it not as good as hoped for or expected, but now he's hurt again. Or yeah. at least, you know, for now, right? On the IL, yeah. Yeah, look, I think they need to get Gonsolin back. That would help. Certainly. Dude, think about Gonsolin. Gonsolin was a guy that we were talking about around the All-Star break that at the time, as I recall, he may have been the only remaining undefeated pitcher in the National League, maybe in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. And I know at one point I was going, dude, he should start the All-Star game. And everybody's like, no, no, it's Kershaw. It's about the ceremonial part of it and the game being in Dodgers. Team. That all was fine by me. I'm just saying, like, record-wise at the time, he was the go-to guy. And now he's hurt, too. Yeah. Got to get him back. Yeah, he still only has one loss. I don't know if you realize that. I didn't actually. Yeah, I how long has he been out there? He's he's wild. I did not know that. Yes, yes, <laughs> you are correct, sir. Yeah, he's been out since uh, I want to say like late August twenty something. That sounds right to me. All right, well, so that's about been a month, five five weeks and change. Yeah, 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 a little over a month. So that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Uh, so, the Lakers. Yeah. Now, do you want to start with Russell Westbrook and this stuff that Woj has? Or do you want to start with what Rob Palinka had to say today? Um, because you know that I am a drama queen, mm-hmm. then I have to ask that we start with Russ. Okay. Fair enough. So, Russell Westbrook, I guess, chatted with Woj here yesterday? Really? Because, Yeah. I mean, that's what it seems like based Mm -hmm. on what I saw this morning. Mm -hmm. And the conversation was about just like, hey, what do you, you know, what's going to be different this year? And the the quote that's everywhere is, quote, I'm all in on whatever it takes for this team to win. And when asked specifically about role, bench, starter, whatever, he just kind of reiterated something similar. Now, look, 
I think that if that indeed is the case, then A, it's smart on his behalf. Because if he doesn't want to be here, that's probably going to be necessary regardless. And if he doesn't want to be here for one reason or another, it's smart because it shows other teams, well, maybe he is a little more flexible at this stage of his career. And honestly, I think it's all because he understands, either him or his agent, although he did, he did seem somewhat defiant at times when asked about him having a bounce-back year, him basically saying, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I guess there's people out there that would be surprised that if I had a bounce-back year, but I wouldn't be surprised if I had a bounce-back year because, you know, I still feel like I'm really good. I don't lack, like, any conviction <laughs> about my game. So he's still got that, but it, it just feels like a guy who or his team, like in, in regards to his agent and things, that maybe understands the walls are closing on him a little bit from a career perspective, and they're trying to make sure that there's more space in the room if he does need to have a landing spot. And if he doesn't, because he's playing well, then it all works out regardless. But I, that's my takeaway from reading the thing with him and Woj, is that he's saying all the right things, and he's done all the right things this offseason despite all the criticism. And I'll commend him for that. Because that's not easy, Cappy. Hearing gas bags like you and me talk about this all the time and having to deal with it. And, you know, it's not just you and me, right? It's just what he sees on Twitter. And this is the part that I totally understand. And it was the one thing for sure I stood by him. You were not as nice about it. But I, I it's him saying, like, look, when I came back, like, of course I wanted to play for the hometown team. But my family was super excited. Well, you know, people that I've grew, you know, that I've been around with all my life in my tight circle were super excited. And then it didn't work out that way because the team wasn't performing. I had some bad games, and that's basketball. You're going to have some bad games, but they had to deal with it, and which means I had to deal with it in a lot of ways. So I, I get that. That's a human answer there. But I'm curious to see what this is because. I don't have super high hopes for this particular roster as currently constituted. Yeah, see, I, I will tell you, man, I, I heard the, the um, press conference earlier today where Russ was being asked the question, does he feel wanted by the Lakers? And it seemed to me like either he was well coached before today um, or he just kind of said, I'm going to stay calm no matter what. I know they're going to ask me questions about Am I wanted? Do I want to be here? You know, what's the reaction to the team? Because I'm still on the roster when everybody thought I'd be moved. Like, I think he did a very good job today of remaining calm. Yeah. You know? Um, but he knew he was going to get hit up with these questions. Yo, man, um, you think the Lakers even want you? Because, like, nobody is sucking up to him this year like they did last year. You know, and, and I think that he got into enough reporters kind of grills last year where the reporters are like, um, getting him kind of like getting him undone is kind of my goal because that's what gets clicks. And I feel like Russ today did a great job of just remaining calm, taking on the tough questions and trying to give decent enough answers about being a professional and I just hope, look, you know I've been saying this all along, George. I want Russell Westbrook on this team. I want him on this team because I find him to be entertaining. What I'd really like to see him do 
is learn to be a selfless teammate. Kind of a hard thing to ask from a guy who's always been sort of a center of attention on a team to take that role that Carmelo learned, that Dwight Howard learned. I look at, just turn this back into football for a second, I look at the Philadelphia Eagles and their quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Can you imagine what it must have felt like to be a national champion, to be an All-American, and then and to have the coach for Tua? to have the a coach say to you, "Hey, we're benching you in the national championship game," and then he comes back and he's a backup the following year. That kid showed what kind of a great teammate he can be. Yeah. And look at what's happening in his career right now, as those two quarterbacks, Tua and Hurt, are are the two undefeated quarterbacks right now. Back to Russ. Just learn to be a great teammate. Learn to check your ego at the door. Learn that it's bigger than just you. George, if he can do that, this could actually be a fun season. I mean, if LeBron can stay healthy, if AD can stay healthy, if Russ can play his role, if Patrick Beverly can bring some attitude, if role players can play roles, that was kind of cool the way I think I just said that. If role players can play roles, I mean, it doesn't really mean much. But yeah, you I was understand just going to say, what yeah, should role players do? Other they, than should, play they, roles? Should, they should play roles is what oh, they should do. Right? Okay, thanks. Why can't this Laker team make a comeback this year? Why can't they compete? They still have LeBron James and AD, assuming he's healthy. Why can't they? Tell me why they can't. They don't have a lot of shooting. Okay, that's one reason I wasn't kind of Im- that. Kind of important uh, in today's NBA, for, no. particularly. Yeah. And if you look at historically the teams that have been really successful around LeBron James, including the ones here on the Lakers, they've had pretty good shooting for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the team that won the championship during the regular season was only about like 20th in three-point shooting. But in the playoffs, they shot the lights out. Well, and I just don't know if this team is capable of doing that. Like, at least that team had, like, vet guys like Danny Green and stuff. Like, you can sit here and say whatever you want, but they had guys that, you know, KCP, that they were shooters. I mean, every time Danny Green put the shot up, I was like, don't shoot. I just remember thinking Danny Green was like, dude, please stop shooting. But they they were shooters. And then they became, you saw that they were shooters come the playoffs. I am going to say this. I'm going into this training camp. With positivity. I'm going. Yeah, no, I get it. You remember how last week you were talking about LeBron, and I'm trying to remember what the story was where you were saying, oh, oh, it was he was not a top five player according to ESPN, right? Correct. And you were saying, well, I hope he uses that as motivation. Yeah. What I hope LeBron uses as motivation is, what? is, that, is that everybody thinks they're going to suck. Prove everybody wrong. Well, everybody thought they were going to not be so good last year. And... Mm. Mm. You know. I don't know about that. I mean, really? He was yeah. the one sitting out there telling everybody, Wash King, I'm taking receipts, all that That's right. stuff. That's right. Yeah. Because everybody was calling them old. Right. Going and into said that last they wouldn't season. win because they were old. Well, he, he tried to use that as motivation, and guess what? He was wrong, and everybody was right. They were old. Yeah. Charles Barkley called him a bunch of old geezers. Yeah. And street clothes Davis. AD got to stay healthy. AD stays healthy, Lakers got a shot. I'm holding yeah, on to that. Listen, I, I'm with you on that. They have a, a shot, but a shot at what? You know what? Let's tackle that a little bit on the other side because I actually want to... I commend Rob Palinka on one hand, but I also feel like he may have missed the boat on one thing. All right, we'll get to that. Plus, Josh McDaniels, man, is killing the Raiders. I got to be honest with you guys. All right, if we're going to sit here and talk about things that... Uh, 
you know, guys missing the boat. The pirate ship with Josh McDaniels leading it is not so good. Okay, so all that coming up. Stick around. We're back in two minutes. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So, Bruno Mars did the Super Bowl, was it two years ago? Mm, I don't remember, but it's not that long ago for sure. I think it was three because the weekend did it two years ago, right? Oh yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So it was two years, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Now the next one will be re- the Riri Navy, Rihanna. So I'm down. Well, I'm excited for Rihanna. People thought it was going to be uh, Taylor Swift. Oh God, thank God, no. Uh oh, better be careful, Laura. Why, Laura? Why no T Swifties are going to come after you? Oh no, I mean, I don't hate her. I just don't think she's Super Bowl halftime. Artist material. No? No. I mean, I didn't I, like The weekend, so. Yeah. Ooh, I did. Yeah, I um, I like Rihanna. She's I think, awesome. and also since Rihanna hasn't, I mean, Rihanna hasn't had an album in a while, um, so you're going to get classic, awesome, good Rihanna songs. She's a great, like, she's not a great singer, like, vocalist, but God, can she put on a show. She's a great performer. She's a There's great no question. performer. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, she better dance, because great. sometimes these people get on the Super Bowl, obviously most of them dance, but sometimes they get up there and it's like, there's way too many things going on and they're just focused on the singing. It's like, you have a backing track, just dance. <laughs> is the Super Bowl this year, is it in Arizona? Mm-hmm. We gonna go? Why? Why See, do you, you don't like go? to go? You don't. Like you want to go. go to Radio Row? I don't care. We don't have to go to Radio Row. I mean, you gonna break your leg again? Well, I almost broke my leg last year, and then I almost broke my other leg with the softball game. So I had yeah. two broken legs at one point. Now is the same leg or different leg? Uh, different leg. Uh, oh. Broke my my left leg uh, when Lindsay and I were leaving the LA Convention Center. When yeah, I, I remember that. Didn't see that block and didn't were we on the phone when that happened or no. was no, that, no he wasn't he wasn't doing anything at all no no oh. it was, but it was jam-packed and you know there were oh. all these bright lights and i'm like and i got outside and i'm like yeah. looking around like okay which direction am i headed boom yeah, yeah. and instead of like looking down <laughs> i like was looking up you know <laughs> bam you hit my leg metal con- i mean those concrete Boulders oh, that hurt like a mofo, dude. The convention center <laughs> hurt so bad. It was it was funny because there was a dude that was a Bengals fan, 
that saw it and he was like, Oh man, that had to hurt. And then, like Cap, <laughs> Cap like, you know, struck up a conversation with the guy. He's like, Well, you know, trying to like like explain away what happened. No, no. Yeah. let me tell you something. I was going to get I was trying not to let everybody know how bad it really did hurt. I was trying to like laugh it off. Were you but looking at the blinding lights? Is that what uh, why Laura's playing that? I guess in the meantime, mm-hmm. I knew my, my my leg was broken in that moment. Cracked yeah. right in half. Did it really break? Like, no, but yeah. it felt like because, it. like, I seriously think I broke my leg. I, I really am concerned. <laughs> yeah. I was like, do you need You're me to get you a, a wheelchair? D- like, what do you want me to do? I wanted you to carry queen. me. I wanted to jump on your back and have you carry me back to the station. You're such Although, a drama queen. Man. You were fine. Like once we walked two blocks and you saw you and Sedano's Sedano and Cap banner on the outside of the yeah, video you, board. Big at smile. All of right. a sudden, Crypto. Crypto. Marina. Right. You were like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was like, all right, now I'm feeling better. Yeah, there I am in lights. Yep. Right yeah, on Olympic hurt. in Figueroa. Hurt like a mofo. Yeah. I've taken a real beating for this show in the last year. I got to tell you. I mean, I mean literally and figuratively. It, right. First, that, that left leg in the uh, in the block outside of the Super Bowl yeah. in the convention center. Then I took the, sh- the, the, the 250 velo capacity, whatever the hell that's called, right off my other shin with the illegal bat for the softball game. I mean, if you game. had a 250 velo shot. A, yeah. With a softball to your leg, your leg yeah. would have shattered. Your actually did shatter. You know what? Your entire your leg would have shattered, and the rest of your body would have shattered right with it. You would have been incinerated, like uh, in the Marvel movies, the X uh, Infinity Wars, or was it Endgame with uh, what's the guy who used to snap his fingers? What was the guy's name? Stanos. <laughs> that would have been like what you would have looked like, George. I think what we're what we're learning is, and I've known this, but you need to know it now too. Yeah. It just so happens that I have an extremely high pain tolerance. Yeah, so high that you almost thought you broke your leg and you didn't. Well, no, but I did. You know, I'm like, oh, broken leg, no problem. I can walk yeah. it off. Oh, broke my other leg, no problem. Walk that off too. <laughs> extremely so high pain tolerance. Extremely <sighs> high. What is your tolerance of uh, general managers uh, who make statements that can also be, I guess, det- I guess you can pinpoint them talking about a subject matter that is something that they could have done themselves. In this example, I will give you Rob Palinka today said on the Lakers potentially trading their picks, mm-hmm. quote, let me be abundantly clear. Oh, abundantly clear. That's beyond just regular clarity. That's abundant. Correct. Mm-hmm. LeBron committed to our organization. We're going to commit to him including those picks, to see him finish the line. McMiniman, uh, who tweeted this quote, added, he emphasizes that they only get one shot to trade the picks. And then Palinka says their, quote, draft capital, if included in a trade, must bring back talent that clearly improves LA's championship chances. Now, now, if you're a Laker fan, you want to hear that, right? There's no question that's what you want to hear, right? Exactly right. You got one shot. With these two picks. If you're going to trade these two picks, yeah. you can't be talk, telling one me shot. about Buddy Heald. Can I get a little Eminem? Yeah. One shot. One, shot. one opportunity. You better get one shot. Take your chance to roll. Opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Yeah. In the music, music. Yeah, you got one chance, dude. Yeah. You got these two draft picks. Don't tell me about Buddy Heald for two draft picks. Okay. But let me um, also remind everyone that they had a chance to use those two draft picks to acquire Kyrie Irving and chose not to. 
Well, did they? I mean, was no, they really? did. They but, did. I but, told you on this show that I was told that it was THT, Russell Westbrook, and the two picks for Kyrie and Harris. And if the two picks had gone in, the deal was done. Okay, and the Lakers said no. They wanted to hold on. They did not want to give up both picks at that time. Then there was a later report down the road that they tried to re-engage the Nets about the two picks, and the Nets turned it down. My guess, if I remember the timeline correctly, was that they had already kind of started to figure things out, or at least understand that they would try to figure things out with KD. Well, the timeline is important because if... No, no, I do know the original offer did not include two picks guaranteed. Okay, but that was. That was reported by multiple people, and I told you that the deal, and then I said the next day, the deal would have been done if they would have included the second pick. But, again, back to the timeline. At that time, LeBron had not signed his extension. Yes? Correct. So, if you trade away those picks, but you don't have LeBron's commitment, then what? So you don't if, think if, LeBron was going to commit if they brought in Kyrie, bro? Well, you know what? Then they should have said to him, and, and maybe he should have signed earlier. Maybe he should have committed earlier. He couldn't commit earlier, I believe, at that time. It wasn't it wasn't August whatever yet that he had to, that he could sign it by. All right, well, now we're getting really technical here, okay? Bottom line, um, if LeBron absolutely 1,000% wanted it done, then they should have actually pulled it off. Okay, but that's my point. You that It sounds great to say that on September 26, 2022, the year of the Lord, and, uh, you know, when you had the ability to make that happen in actuality. Wait, so what you're, you're saying that it's easy for Palenka to say it today? Yeah. I, you know, you know when Mace, when we were doing Crosstalk, said, you know, it felt like LeBron was kind of like, eh, you know, like, yeah. Cause he, and I said he probably doesn't feel like he's got a championship roster. But I bet you if he had Kyrie Irving on this roster, he'd feel like he had a championship roster. Well, look. Back to and where they we had are. a chance to pull that off. So while I think Rob has the right attitude now, where was this attitude back in July? I don't know. Let's ask Rob. Hey, Rob. Now listen. Where's maybe that attitude? Was, now listen. I don't want to put this clearly on Palinka because I will say maybe you know I don't know the conversations that they're having internally, like word for word, right? I I hear things, but maybe Rob was. Like Les Snead and he might he also probably was like bleep them picks. Maybe there were other people in the organization, not named Rob Palinka, who wanted to hold on to them picks. Or that one pick. So maybe I so I don't want to put it on Palinka, but because Palinka is the voice of the team in this scenario, it kind of makes you have to wonder, okay, well, where was this organizational position? I won't put it just on Rob. I'll take that back. Because maybe he did want it. Maybe he did want to trade both picks. I don't well, know that for sure. Well, maybe. What maybe and if thinking, Rob came on, and if Rob wants to pull me aside and talk to me about it, I'd love to hear about it. Why pull okay? you aside? Let's do it publicly. Let's have Rob I on mean, the he, show. He could do that as well if he'd like. Anytime no, he wants to. But so I, I will say organizationally, that wasn't the position when the moment of truth came. Well, maybe what they're thinking is we've got LeBron extended now. And as Rob says, we, he made a commitment to us. We're going to use those picks to make the right move at the right time. At the end of this year, Kyrie's supposed to be a free agent. Maybe, you know, that's been the big rumor that Kyrie would be a free agent, that he would want to join the Lakers thereafter. Maybe you get Kyrie, LeBron, AD next season, one year from right now, 
and then you use those picks to make something happen because you've already got Russ gone. You don't have to trade Russ. You can just, he's just done. He's over. So maybe they're banking these picks, not about this year, but about next year. Yeah, but now you're going to waste a year at a guy who's going to be 38 years old on December 30th? Is there anything you can do to make this roster as it is a championship roster with just Kyrie Irving, with, with getting rid of Russ? Is, is, that, is that all it takes? Kyrie all of a sudden changes everything? They go from being a five at best to, to back to being a one or a two? I don't. They don't need to be a one or a two, but they are in. Yeah, in a in a playoff series, I love them way more than I do now. With as currently constituted, if oh. you're telling me I get to replace, I mean, THC's not here anymore. So right. if you're telling me I get to replace, um, if you're telling me I get to replace Russell Westbrook, okay, and I get to insert Kyrie Irving, yes, I will tell you that in a playoff series, I like them over pretty much. Every team, but two, two of them, maybe two, maybe. Well, maybe that's two. not happening, and not not this year anyway. And and listen, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but hear me out. Now you can play a bit more of the long game, because if you don't think you have a championship roster this year, so be it. Well, wait, are you playing the long game, or are you committed to LeBron? Well, LeBron, you're committed to LeBron through the remainder of his career, probably. Which is how many more years now? Three years he's right. got with the but, Lakers. But, that, but then don't say you're committed to LeBron in the organization. If you know to to see him through the finish line, if you didn't, if again the moment of truth was July, and that 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 statement, you had that chance in July. Well, that was this year's and moment not, of truth. And again, I don't know whose call it was at the end. Maybe it, again. Maybe it wasn't Palinka's, so I don't want to put all the blame on him. But there was clearly somebody in that organization who chose and had enough juice to say, no, we can't trade both picks, and then it was too late. Well, LeBron's a businessman, and LeBron knows how much longer he's got on his contract, and what do you suppose the goal is? It's to at least win, at least, at the very least, give me one more championship. It's probably not going to happen this year based on the way things have been set up unless everything were to go right. But that doesn't mean it's over. There's going to be a lot of lot of available bodies in the next offseason, and as long okay. as you've still got those draft choices. And, and, the, and the body that matters the most is going to be 39 the following well, season. Well, that's, listen, that's the commitment they've made to him. It's the commitment he's made to them Okay, to get it to 41. All right. We'll get to the Raiders in a bit. Also, I want to get it to USC. Um, you and I were in on this USC game and how challenging it would be. We'll get to that. At 545, Uh, stick around for that. Radio Tinder is up next in two minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, 
poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thanks, Christopher. I thought he made a new one. We need a new open, huh? Yeah. Real quick, Linz. Uh, Radio Tinder is presented by our friends at Tequila Mandala, as you heard Chris say. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala. Award-winning small batch premium sipping tequila made from the finest mature agaves. Available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website, tequilamandala.com, and demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. Go ahead, Linz. Thanks, Sedano. Sorry, I jumped the gun there. Okay, yeah. so today is NBA Media Day, and ma'am, after the offseason that you know the Nets had with all the drama, I would have loved to have been there, but I'm sure it was filled with tons of awkwardness. So Kevin Durant, of course, met with the media, and a reporter from Nets Daily named Matt Brooks tweeted about something that Katie said during the presser. He tweeted, Kevin Durant on whether he'll put in another trade request if the Nets struggle. I don't feel like I've got to prove anything to Nets fans after three years. I'm committed to moving forward with this team. If you've got doubts, that's on you. Uh, And then Katie saw that tweet a little bit later, and he quote tweeted a reply writing, This bleep here is why I don't like talking to lames like you. This isn't the question he asked, but you love your engagement on Twitter, so you will twist bleep up. Uh, Have you guys ever been confronted or like called out by a player or a coach for misquoting or misinterpreting something that they said? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Uh, swipe right. So it happened to me many, many, many moons ago when I was doing national radio. This is like, maybe like, I was at Fox. So it was probably like mid 2000s. And um, I was, there was a time that Mark Richt, uh, there was a rumor that Mark Richt had a, a buyout clause uh, to go to his alma mater, which he eventually did, you know, a decade later, basically. And uh, I had mentioned about said rumor and Mark at the University of Georgia reached out to me uh, very nice about it, by the way. And Coach Richt reached out to me and just explained that that wasn't the case, yada, 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 which he didn't have to do. So it was actually a very nice interaction. It was not like a uh, contentious one. I'll also swipe right here. I'm trying to remember a couple of years ago, the Super Bowl was in Miami and the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and Tyron Matthew, you know, the uh, the honey badger. Yeah. Somebody from a Dallas Cowboys like Sports Illustrated website had written something about him and they had published this article and I like I don't know I commented on it on Twitter and all I did was just read the article and I commented on it and man oh man the Chiefs fans and uh, they and even Tyron Matthew everybody came after me I'm like yo 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 time out here's the article I said something about the article. You you guys don't have beef with me. You got beef with the guy who wrote the article. And I wish I could remember exactly what it was about. But, man, they came after me hardcore. You got to be able to accept that. You got to be able to, like, weather the storm. Otherwise, you're like, uh-oh, they're going to try and cancel me. And it was over something dumb. God, I wish I could remember what it they're was. They're going to try and cancel me. How many times have you tried to get – has someone tried to cancel you, Cap? Um, Quite a few times, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, so next one here. Ohio State's Big Ten opener against Wisconsin on Saturday clearly got some wheels spinning inside of LeBron's head. Just ahead of kickoff of the game, LeBron tweeted, quote, Do I have college eligibility if I want to play another sport besides basketball? How does that rule work? 
Well, Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith gave LeBron the answer he was looking for, replying to him with, quote, if you never enrolled full-time in college and didn't compete in the sport that you want to play after high school graduation, you could have eligibility remaining. If you professionalize in one sport, you can still be considered an amateur in another. Right. Would love to help you, exclamation point. Now, if you recall, one of LeBron's former teammates has done it. J.R. Smith plays golf at North Carolina A&T, mm -hmm. retaining eligibility because he'd never been a pro golfer. Right. Do you think LeBron could or would play a college sport? Swipe left or swipe right, Cappy? Swipe right. <laughs> I think he could for sure. But don't you guys remember we were having this conversation last week? Yeah. We had this exact same conversation that if LeBron wanted to go play football, he can go play college football. But I don't he, think he would play football, right? Like, realistically speaking, do you think there's any other sport he'd play? No, I mean, listen, I, I, he, he could play football. Yes, he's certainly more than capable of doing it. Um, would he want to do that at nearly 40 years old? I don't know if that's smart. Actually. I would guess yeah. not. But if LeBron James said he had four years of because LeBron put that tweet out and I retweeted it also and told him, hey, LeBron, you've got five years, but four years of eligibility. So LeBron could go red shirt. And by the time he's about 45, he'll be a senior at Ohio State. If LeBron James wanted to be a wide receiver at Ohio State, he could do it. No problem. Even It'd at 40 amazing. years old. So great. But why would he want to take that punishment? Well, I'm not saying he would want to. I'm saying he could. No, of the course he was, could. The question was, could he or would he? The no. could part, yes. Yeah. The would part, not so sure. Yeah, no, no. I would say no. The only reason I brought it up was because, obviously, he can't play college basketball, but, like, if the rumor, you know, it seems like they he's, like, very ingrained in Ohio State, like, football and all that. And yeah, he if took Bronny, Bronny there the other day, yeah. Yeah, if Bronny goes and he plays college basketball there... Like, I don't know, maybe LeBron's going to, like, join the water polo team or something. I don't know. Or maybe, well, maybe something team. like that. Okay, yeah. yeah maybe, I can see you guys that. ever see the movie Back to School where Rodney Dangerfield goes to school and he becomes the star of the diving team? That could be LeBron. Yeah. Or he could play golf like JR. I don't know if he plays cool. golf. Uh, I don't think he does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, golf makes more sense for anyone. I mean, you don't have to, It's not like there's a lot of, you know, wear It'd and still tear. be cool. Oh, we'd right? be fine. Yeah, I mean, we've seen I so many cool guys do this. So, but so many guys like will go from high school, and they'll go play pro baseball, and then their baseball career doesn't work out. Oh my like, god, oh, Chris Winkie went to college. He was like twenty eight years old or something right. like that. Right, you know, he, quarterback in Florida State, right. and then got drafted in the first round by the Carolina Panthers. And there was another guy. I want to say his name was like Chad Hutchinson, who did the same thing. He was yeah, drafted Michigan. in baseball. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's happened. And, yeah, and you know, there's Scott Bakula, necessary roughness too. Okay, him too. That's right. But yeah. don't forget, hey, Deion Sanders was doing this when he was in college at Florida State. Deion Sanders was playing for, I believe it was the Yankees in the summer. Right. But then he would go back and play play football at Florida State. Yeah. So pro baseball player during the summer, college football player during the football season. Yeah. I always forgot he played for the Yankees. I have that card. Yeah, he had Yankees first, now. and then he played for the Braves for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do we have time for one more, Laura? Let me make it quick. See. Okay, so the Dodgers honored Albert Pujols in a pregame ceremony Friday night. And his By first the way, return. super cool. I thought the whole night was pretty awesome, starting with the Dodgers, the way they honored him, to your point, Linz. Yeah, it was awesome. It was very, like, sappy but nice scoreboard video with well wishes from, like, all his former teammates, especially, like, uh, JT had, like, he gave him golf clubs and stuff like that. Like, see you on the golf course, buddy, because he's retiring. But then... 
Pujols hit home run number 699 and 700, making him the fourth player in history to ever reach the milestone. So as Pujols cried while he was circling the bases with, you know, 50,000 people giving him standing ovation, Dodgers players and manager Dave Roberts were overcome by a cross current of emotions. So Roberts said after the game, quote, I was very pissed about the execution we had tonight. But you have to sometimes step back and appreciate that it's not always about you. In this particular case, it's certainly bigger than all of us and for sports. So I guess if we aren't going to execute pitches, I'm happy it was Albert. So if you guys were a Dodgers player in Friday night's game, would you secretly be rooting for Pujols to hit that home run, even if it meant you'd lose the game? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Yeah, listen, I think that because they are, I mean, they've already clinched the division. They have the best record in the in the National League. They, they don't really have much to worry about at this stage that it doesn't matter. I actually feel like because there weren't a lot of stakes for the Dodgers, that actually made it kind of a more of a moment where they could take it in, uh, which I thought was pretty awesome. They would have done the right thing regardless, even if they were still in the hunt uh, at that particular juncture of the season. But I, I thought the whole – I watched it all, and it was just incredible. Um, just all of it was so fun, so cool. Albert was so reverential towards the Dodgers organization in his postgame, talking about how he was – you know, they brought him new life and, that you know, gave him this opportunity to finish his career with the team he started in St. Louis because he played that role with the Dodgers last year in, in search of a championship, and it gave him this opportunity. Now, I just thought the whole thing from beginning to end – between Albert and the Dodgers and the Cardinals, all of it was fantastic to watch. Yep, I watched it all night on Friday night also. Can we all agree that the Dodgers, Dave Roberts says the right thing after the game, I was not happy with the execution of the pitch, but come on, come on. They just they just fed it to him. That's what I was going to ask. Like Secretly, do you of think course. he did it on purpose? Of course. They, listen, because Albert Pujols played last year for the Dodgers and contributed, and this team loves him, it's not like when you think back into the history of the Dodgers, you're not going to say Clayton Kershaw and Albert Pujols. You're not going to say Sandy Koufax and Albert Pujols. But they love him. They played with him. He was stuck at 698. They fed him two balls that he could hit out. They understand the drama of where they are. And you know what? They gave it to him. And so what if they lost the game? They wound up coming back and winning the next two games. And it, Like George said, it didn't matter. This, this season, this division, where they are in the playoffs, all that's been decided because of how amazing of the season they've had. So they pitched him batting practice. Come on. Is that really that hot of a take? They pitched him BP. It's all good. It was dramatic. It was fun. It was great to watch. But that's what they did. I don't know if I was that pitcher. I wouldn't want to be on that side of history. He's well, you saw uh, you you saw that there were people that did that to Aaron Judge, right? For sure. Like yeah. they were they were guys that didn't want to give give up that home run. I mean, I whatever, dude. I yeah, guys think, walked him. I have, there was I have quite a few. I don't. I, I no thought that was lame. I thought that was lame. Walking Albert, Albert I, you know, Judge. I thought yeah. that was lame. Well, it's kind of it reminded me of the time when uh, Michael Strahan set the all time sack record, and Brett Favre took a fall. You're saying right? Exactly. Yeah. So listen, I'm not allegedly. Saying, yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying it was a dramatic moment that they knew who he was, what he meant to them, and they wanted to be a part of it. So they fed well, him by fastballs. the way, but baseball, the difference with baseball, though, is you can throw a meatball down the middle. He doesn't mean he's going to hit it out. 100% right on. In fact, I said fastballs, but the second one, the 700, it was like an 82-mile-an-hour slider. He just sat on it, and he cranked yeah, it. and he cranked it, right, yeah. I got right. no issue with it at all. Yeah, so I don't think they, they pitched in batting practice. I wouldn't go that far. You know. But they, they gave him... They pitched six, him opportunities. They gave him a few opportunities, but that would the, you're going to mix up pitches anyway. So, all right, we're done here. We're, Radio Tinder is over. 
Uh, coming up next, Cappy, you and I were first on the scene on this USC Oregon State matchup, and it all worked out in the end if you took our gambling advice and, of course, USC pulling out a victory. But let's dive into some of the particulars next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, I loved this song as a kid. Don't worry. Be happy, man. Be happy. Bobby McFerrin would never have been able to have gotten that. Really? Nope. No way. No, I could get the song, and I know the lyrics, but I could never get the artist. Never. Are you serious? I actually did that just assuming you knew who it was. No, I wouldn't have gotten it. Could have given me a thousand guesses. I wouldn't have gotten Bobby McFerrin. Wow. Mm -hmm. Super popular song for well over a year, I feel like, if I recall correctly. 1988, number one hit Bobby McFerrin, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Yeah. Did you just uh, say that it was a number one song for over a year? No, no. I don't know if it was number oh. one for over a year, but it was very. It got a lot of radio play for well oh. over a year. You know like, where I regular. remember this song from? What, uh, the like talking a Disney fish. cartoon? No, The Talking Fish. Yes, The Talking Fish. You the mean the one fish. that's on the plaque that people yeah. would have hanging on their wall that you push the red button uh-huh. and the, the fish tail and the fish head <laughs> Like start singing and then be like, do, 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 don't worry. That's funny. That's very be funny. Be happy. We used to have that and my mom used to hate it because I would just press it. To the point that she like threw it out. She's like, take that crap off. Yeah, George, I, I thought the I thought the singer was the fish. I had one, but my fish sang, Take me to the river. Yeah. I don't even know what that song is, but that's what he sang. Really? You don't know that song? Take me to the river? No. Is that a real song? Don't yeah, real song. Oh, I don't know that. Very real. Be really, happy, really real. Happy. Yeah. Oh man, I miss that fish now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to fish. love that fish. <laughs> now like, we know what to get you for Christmas. Oh, yeah, please don't. A, Hell that's no. That's a good one. A red button right in the middle of the fish, and then the tail would wag forward, and the head would wag forward, yep. and it would sing that song. It was, like, creepy, though, you know, because it was like that the body would just stay still, yeah. but then the head and the tail would move. It was, weird. It was number, that fish. This song was number one for eight weeks. Really? 1988, huh? That's two that's months, a long dude. time. That's yeah, a that's long, long time. time. <laughs> Especially 1988. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two months. No, the song would never have gotten the singer. Dooby dooby doo. All right, George Sedano, you were about to bring up USC, and you were saying that we were on it. But before you start, timeout. Yeah, timeout. Yeah. Now is this like a twenty or is this a full? This is a full timeout. Okay, go ahead. We were not on it. You were on it, not me. Um, you brought up probably Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. That USC started as like a 13-point favorite against Oregon State. And and by Friday, it was like five. Right? My numbers might be a little bit off. No, yeah, that's uh, five and a half. Yeah, 13 and a half to five and a half. In fact, you you were on this story so much, I'm giving you credit because I did not notice it. So you you brought it up on Tuesday. You brought it up on Wednesday. You said we're going to talk to Fat Jack about it on Thursday. Fat Jack explained why Oregon State would, why the line would have come down. Yeah. And truth be told, 
Um, I actually really went into that game, and we talked a lot last week about how Oregon State was 3-0, and USC was 3-0. and We talked about their resume. I mean, Oregon State had beaten Boise State, which is just terrible. Try to remember, Boise State got beat this weekend by somebody real. Oh, University of Texas, San Antonio, or El Paso. No, but One they're good. San Antonio, University of Texas, San Antonio is good. El, good. I, I'm sorry. University of Texas, yeah, the, the Roadrunners of San Antonio, they're good. Yeah, but when you say good... I mean, they were a top 25 team last year. Yeah, and then they got smacked down, as I recall, in a bowl game. No, but, I understand, but they, they're not like, they're a pretty good team. Like, yeah, they're good. But, but still, I mean, Boise State, yeah. look, here's my point. Oregon you State. You just remember Boise State with the Statue of Liberty play. Not, I'm not going back that far. I'm not going yeah. back to the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma, but, yeah. but Boise State has been a solid team in their conference which is mid-major. So, look, Oregon State had beaten Boise State. They had beaten um, Fresno State. And then they beat up on, like, somebody like, I don't know, Montana State. Somebody, Correct. like, from a lower level. Yeah. And they were averaging 45 points per game. So, truth be told, when you were bringing up this whole story of why the line moved so much, I still kind of thought USC was going to go in there and smack them down. Yeah. And then I told you that I, I talked to Tony Baselli last week. And Baselli's like, dude, don't underestimate Oregon State because going to Corvallis is a tough place to play. Yeah. While the game is going on, you and I were texting the entire game about yeah. the atmosphere, the environment. And Listen, by the way, that stadium, as you saw on television, half of it is being done for renovations. It was like literally only two thirds of the stadium could, could could be full because they're renovating basically one side of the stadium. Yeah. So you say we were on it, and I appreciate the we part of it, but it really was you who saw the line move the way it did. And I kind of thought, well, gosh, I would still take USC, and I thought getting USC, like, giving five was a pretty good bet. Yeah. Turns out um, Oregon State was a lot better than I knew, and USC offensively just didn't really look very good to me. They did a – well, first of all, Oregon State's defense is good. Their secondary is one of the better secondaries in the country, and they get pressure on the quarterback too, Okay. So it, Caleb Williams did not have a good night, and also Oregon State made him look like that a little too. Uh, I wouldn't say a little; like they made he made him look like that. They made him look like that some too. If you like didn't, it, it, if you had never seen Caleb Williams play before, but you heard all the hype, you'd be like, "What's all the hype about?" Right. But he didn't. He didn't have his best game. He didn't have his fastball. But they also forced him to look that way in a lot of ways. So I think the combination of that, if honestly, if Oregon State just had a capable quarterback, <laughs> um, they they might have won the game, but they didn't, and because uh, Chance Nolan is just you know he's just an, he's okay. Well, he just he he threw a he, lot he of gave picks the game, in the game up a bunch of times. In yeah, game, he gave, yeah, he threw a lot of interceptions in the yeah. game, and for as much you know slack as USC's defense takes, where people are like, well, the they offense were great is special. in that game. They, they were came great up in that huge. Game. What's this yeah. linebacker's name? He's number like eighteen. Yeah, the kid's like 6'6", six, six. yeah. Guy looks like a defensive end who's like tall, like a guy who looks like he came from a basketball background and yeah. would play like rush defensive end, and he's like 6'6", six, six and like 220. And the wingspan of a 7'1 player. Yeah, right, he, it's, he, he um, looks tall and skinny. Yeah, Eric Gentry. Man, oh man, that guy. He's it's a transfer. A, yeah. It's a weird thing to see a guy with his body type play that yeah. position. He came from Arizona State. Herm Edwards recruited him. Right? Yeah, he was one of the – I mean, they lost a ton of guys in the transfer portal. But, yeah. again, you don't see a guy 6'6", and I, I don't know what his official weight is, but he looked – if he was 220, I'd be surprised. He – that He's body type uh, – They list him at 200. 6'6", 200, playing middle linebacker. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's he nuts. came up big, man. 
Yeah, he, he did. He came up big. He deflected a bunch of passes. He came up with a lot of big plays. Uh, Tui Pelotu played really well. Their best, who I think is their best defensive player. Uh, they they played well uh, on defense, um, particularly the the front seven. I thought played really well. Uh, I know that the guys in secondary got some you know picks or whatnot, but I, I feel like a lot of that should be credited to the front seven more more so if anything. But yeah, they they played good defense, and Oregon State is a worthy opponent. We kept I, you know we kept talking about it. Like I was telling no. you, this is a worthy opponent. This is where it's going to be USC's first real test this weekend, and we saw it. I underestimated them, um, had not seen them play, very impressed with Oregon State, and impressed that USC found a way to get the win, moved to 4-0, and now for USC, yeah. you, got, you got Arizona State coming there, to There's town. two games that matter here, all right? Okay. Yeah, Utah. Arizona State, they're going to win. By the yep. way, yours truly on the call. You can listen to that on ESPN Radio this all weekend. All right, nice. This weekend, yeah. cool. Um, so, so, you know, if you're going to listen to a call of USC, you should listen to ours. Okay, we'll do I don't it. even, you know, it's on some other station. I don't even know what station it's on, to be honest with you. It's I don't know what station it's on either, some but I know what station, station you were on this weekend. Yeah, but it should, uh, it, I, I don't believe we're allowed to carry the game, though, on 710. Because of the, you know, them being on another station. Mm-hmm. But you can listen to it on the app and on SiriusXM. Absolutely can do that. Um, but the two games after that, Eastside Cappy, is... The season, in my opinion. Washington State, I told you, also a worthy opponent, and I told you that weeks ago. They lost a shootout to Oregon, 44-41, to I believe. They're legit good. And obviously the Utah game after that in, uh, in, in Utah. Yep. But I still think, again, I, I really do think that USC is going to get better as the season goes on. And I think, I know this is going to sound crazy to a lot of people, I actually think they can go unbeaten, and I still well, think they can make it to the Well, but those are the two the games. Playoffs. If they win those two games, they're going undefeated. Yeah, they should. Yeah, they I should. mean, unless Notre Dame, like, just does something that I don't see offensively, because Notre Dame defensively is good, but I just don't think without their quarterback and their quarterback being out for the season, they can keep up on offense. I will tell you one thing. I, I love what's happening in college football, that so many of what I call the mid-major teams are rising up and beating like the bigger name brands. A couple weeks ago, it was all those teams from the Sun Belt Conference that scored all those major upsets. I don't know if you happen to see this weekend. One of the games I watched was Miami and Middle Tennessee. Did you see oh. Middle Tennessee go to Miami and put a beat down on those guys? Dude, they threw like four bombs from like the one-yard line and scored on every one of them. I yeah. couldn't believe what I was watching. It was incredible. I mean, I watched a ton of college football on Saturday. God, I'm, How did I'm, Pitt do this weekend? Pitt, um, they won, but they played like a like Rhode Island. You know, it was like one of oh. those games that they should have probably started the season with, but they started with all the excitement of you know their rival. But yeah. they beat up on like some Rhode Island team, not very good. Mm. So, how about Justin Kaplan? Can we get to that next segment? Oh, dude, you George, when I tell you, like, I had two phone calls from my two kids this weekend from two two of my kids. One, my daughter on Friday night, when I answered the phone, she was absolutely hysterical crying. Uh-oh. And when I answered the phone from my son after his game on Saturday, he and I were hysterical crying on the phone. The I two of it. us. All right, let's hear all that. Um, and then I also uh, I do want to get back to the Rams and the Chargers and the Raiders. We'll get back to uh, the NFL football. We did a lot of Lakers uh, and college football in this hour, we did a lot of NFL in the first hour. We're going to get back to the NFL, but I want to hear about the Kaplan children coming up next. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.